smell There is magic to be found And stories here to tell Feed the fire, merry meat Dare to more than dabble All are welcome at our hearth For a little bonfire babble Bonfire babble Welcome to the bonfire Exploring magic with two modern witches I'm Corey And I'm Detta Hi Hello Hello Hey Corey Hey Detta What tea are you drinking these days? Oh, Lord. Or are you drinking tea? Are you just doing coffee? Uh, Well, I'm doing a lot of coffee. Yeah. And I'm trying to do a lot of water. Water's good. Water's good. I've been really dehydrated for probably too many months. Mm. Uh, and I'm drinking finally like half a gallon a day. Wow, that's good. where I used to be. So we're good. Uh, my skin has certainly gotten better. What am I drinking for tea? Well, I was really getting a lot of orange spice. Oh, I love orange tea. spice. Yeah, very good. I was doing that. Um, I'm working my way through my Boggs Holler tea blend from Old Gods of Appalachia. Which you inspired me to buy and I haven't tried yet. It's quite good. Um, it's very relaxing. Um, and I think otherwise just like working through the enormous number of tiny bags of tea you gave me. Why? What are you drinking these days? <laughs> I'm drinking so many different things. I want to try the Boggs tea, which I, so I have. I... I'm drinking Aquarius right now from Cat and Kettle. Aw, is it good? Oh, it's so good. Is it sparkly? It's it's jasmine-y. I love jasmine tea. Uh, You know what? You need to go home with some. It's got other stuff in it. And you hear our cat in the background, who I invited to come in and relax with us, but... She has no chill today. Yeah, no. She just wants to... Scream. Yell. Because she wants to go outside. Which I get. I yeah. also want to scream. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, and and Stardust from Friday's af- Afternoon's Tea and, mm-hmm. and a lot of Pu'er and this mushroom tea. This mushroom tea, it's called Fucha? Fuka? I don't know. It has all these gold little spores on it and it's so good. One, it tastes good. Two, it makes my tummy feel so good. Good. Yeah, and I, I want to know what people out there are drinking. So write to me and What's tell me tea? what your favorite teas are. I'll put a question on our Instagram, maybe. You are very uh, tea-centric. I am so tea-centric right it. now. I well, I it. have been for a while, but... How many how many tea buddies do you have? I don't think I have any, <gasps> except you. No, I mean like tea buddies, like the little ceramic tea friends. I have some tea pets. Tea I pets, have, that's what they're called. I have very many tea pets. What do they do? Uh, uh, you feed them and they turn colors. Some of them and some of them they just because I I don't know enough to talk about it. I'm really sure. I'm gonna shut up right now. Sure. Uh, but you give them part of the tea when you're doing gung fu like style. Like an offering. Yep. Okay. It is like an offering. So I was gonna say it's spiritual. I believe it's Chinese. Okay. And that's been fun. <laughs> cool. There's a it's chaos around here. It is right now. But that's okay. We're yeah. What are we uh what are we talking about today? We are talking about prophecy. Prophecy. Oh, wait. Yes. A couple of weeks ago, uh-huh. I put out on an Instagram live, really short, an invitation to read the Pagan Book of Prayers. Mm. And I'm wondering if anybody out there is doing that and if so, how is it going? I would love to hear from you either on Instagram. Is that the one I saw in your living room, the year of pagan prayer? Yeah. Okay. And that's one of the ones that Llewellyn sent us, which I know I will have to give to you at some point. Some point. But I started reading it the first week of January, and it's really cool and really well-researched. These are all old hymns. You can also just keep that one and and take take ownership of that one, because I'm taking a long time getting through the tarot one that I was reading. Which looks so very good. Yeah, and it's not because the book is bad. It's just because I have... You've been busy. I just wanted to ask if anybody was had taken me up on that invitation, and if so, how are you doing on it? Yes, how's yeah. it going? I love that. What are we uh, talking about today, Corey? We're talking about prophecy today. Prophecy. We're talking about prophecies. Prophecy? Prophesying. Prophesying? Prophesying. Prophets. Prophets. All kinds of things. Uh, it's going to be fun, I think. It's interesting. It's interesting. Almost every single culture has them. Yeah. And we're not going to cover all of them. And hangs them and oh, kills them yeah. as well. Yeah. Martyrs yes. them and stuff. Yeah. Um, we're not going to... There's no way Oh gosh, to get, cover all no. of it. So if we don't hit your specific niche interest when it comes to prophets and prophecy, lo siento, 
uh, write us and let us know if there's anything else specifically you'd like us to chat about yeah. in the future. If you want us to do a deep dive into yeah. anybody in particular. Yeah. So, or any concept in particular. Yeah. any con- Speaking of concepts, let's head to the library because I have a question for you. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, let's, dear. Let's go. <laughs> All right. What's your question? My question is, what is the difference, do you think, between prophecy and divination? Is that one of your library things? That, that is one talk of about? my bonfire things. Oh, then then we will wait and talk about it at the bonfire then. Because I also went down a huge winding path about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, for the library, I just have a couple of quick notes. Okay. So first of all, the etymology of prophecy, which it comes from the Greek prophetia, which means the gift of interpreting the will of God, which I think is neat. It is neat. I think that's a neat sentence because for a number of reasons, but I, th- I think that the, it makes it more... <sighs> I don't know, active somehow, mm-hmm. but also that it's a divine gift. Right. Right? So I think that's neat. I think the word divine, divination, we're going to get there. Okay. Prophecy also, according to just regular old dictionary definition, is something a statement of something that will happen. Mm-hmm. So the word prophecy can be a noun. It can be a verb, sort of. Prophesy. Prophesy. It's a fun, weird word. (laughs) (laughs) I have a fun fact about, you might have all heard the name Nostradamus. Yes, I do believe I have. So that's the guy who wrote that book of all those prophecies that apparently so many of have come true. But that's wildly, widely open to interpretation for a lot of them. Some of them have come true. Some of them it's like, did they? And some of them, it's like, what was he talking about? But it's... I, I have stuff to say about that when yeah. we get to the bonfire as well. It's, yeah. it's a big... People are like Nostradamus, the prophecy guy, right? Well, there are prophet... Pro- prophesiers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Folks who created books of prophecy across the world. Yeah. But a really fun one that I think is neat... It's like... It's regarded among those like Nostradamus mm-hmm. is a very famous book of prophecy from China called the, and please don't come for me, I don't speak Chinese, any language from China, I don't speak it. I'm going to try my best. The Tui Bei Tu, which is from the 7th century, it is basically full of prophecies about the future of China. Oh, wow. And it's very cool. And you should totally Google it because it's very do you, fascinating. Do you know who the prophet was? There or was is it two about- authors okay. whose names I forgot to write down. I'm so That's sorry. Okay. But it's it's uh, it was outlawed under communist rule. Really? But then it became available again afterwards. Wow. Yeah. Which I think is neat. Yeah. The whole history of prophecy and prophets and prophetesses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah is it's really. Wild. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. But that's my basic like. This is what it is. Okay. This is like the the Sparks Notes version of what prophecy is. Is it's a pre- not a prediction, but like a a message or it's a little a bit statement different statement. Yeah. About the future. I had found a definition, and I want to say it was Britannica, but it might have just been the Oxford Dictionary that instead of given by God, it was given by deity. And oh, I, I was like, that. I was like, oh, thank you. I love that. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, you're including all the deities there. But that's all I've got for library stuff. It's okay. not very heavy. I have one thing that I want to throw out, and mm-hmm. then we'll talk more about her when we get out to the bonfire. And that's Mother Ursula Shipton. Okay. There is controversy about whether she actually was a prophet or if somebody wrote up prophecies that she said in the 1600s mm-hmm. but it is commonly believed and finally they think proven although some people still fight this that she did actually live in the late 1400s early 1500s i think she she probably was a prophet she probably did exist she did make these prophecies and people just don't want to believe it because 
they mostly came true. And I think there were only four of them, but there might have been more. Okay. And there are a couple of books on her that you can find and you can find scanned in from the 1600s and 1800s that are really kind of cool. And we can talk a little bit more about her. What was her name? Ursula Shipton. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit more about her out at the bonfire. What a cool name. Yeah. Okay. Or Ursula Soothsayer. Mm. was also another name she was known by. I love that. Yeah. Let's have to the bonfire. I'm getting chilly. All right, let's do it. Hi. Hi. I'm excited to be here because there's something I didn't bring up at the library on purpose. Ooh, what is it? We all know, don't we, that the Morrigan, one of her things is she is a goddess of prophecy. I think I know that because of the cow battle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where you find the prophecies is in the <laughs> is in the cow battle. Are you laughing at me uh, or are you laughing no, at the leaves? No, I'm laughing at the leaves. Okay. I was like, because I'm not going to call it no. what it's probably called because I'll get it wrong. No, 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 no. I w- it's the town. Ta- I'm not either. And I'm going to try to pronounce some names at some point during this bonfire. And I'm trying to learn Irish. And I'm working really hard at it, but I am still struggling. And I know I'm going to not say these completely correctly some of them I will and I've written them out phonetically but some of them it's not just not going to happen and I apologize and trust me I'm gonna keep working on it I'm not giving up and so if you're Irish and you're listening I'm sorry I'll keep working on it anyway you did this research yeah what what did you find what do you what do you like we'll come back to the Morgan I want to talk divination versus prophecy yeah let's do it so i did the thing that you do at the first step of any google search and i typed divination versus prophecy i know right whoa yeah hachi machi so what i got a lot of was christian and like catholic dogma okay and like a lot of articles about um Islam and a lot of articles about other, I want to say Christ-based, but that seems too general. But do you get my yeah. drift? Yeah, no, I do. And there's, of course, the prophet Muhammad. Muhammad. Yeah. And yeah, there was a lot of that and like the ways that they divined, mm-hmm. right? So that was that. And then I kept seeing the phrase divinatory prophets. Right divinatory prophets which to me as a person who doesn't necessarily understand the nuance between divination and prophecy i'm sure there is i don't really understand it in sort of the same way i don't really understand how cell phones work um (laughs) but this list was very helpful to me that i found which was a list of what type what they called different types of divinatory prophets, okay? okay? And I have some different ways of divining lists as well. So there's seers, Mm -hmm. right? They were often called seers or oracles, which I'm going to get real deep into in a little bit. Um, And then diviners and then soothsayers. And the soothsayer, I was like, oh, doy, Corey, the soothsayer in Julius Caesar, the book, the book, the play. Yeah. I was in Julius Caesar. It was my very first Shakespeare play was it outside really? of college. Yeah. Oh, wow. And now I'm, now, haha, Leah, you're stuck with me forever, <laughs> sucker. So much prophecy all the way through I Shakespeare. Played, yeah, I played Casca, the guy who says it's all Greek to me. That was me. I hammed that line up real I hard. I love it. Anyway, the soothsayer is the one who says, beware the Ides of March, right? And nobody listens to her. Because Shakespeare is full of women who don't get listened yeah. to. And as are a lot of Greek as are tragedies. a lot of Greek tragedies. Yeah. It didn't occur to me that that soothsayer was giving a prophecy. Huh. I don't know why, but that connection just never happened in yeah. my head. So for me, when it comes to divination versus prophecy, I think they are part of the same process. I think they are too. Does that Yes. And I think you kind of hit on it when you said, and what I found was that they are deity given, that they're Mm, God given. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that if you're going out to divine or that you are, I mean, I feel like when I do tarot, I am absolutely 
in touch with a higher consciousness For or sure. a higher spirit. Sometimes it feels like spirit. And I also think it's our favorite thing. It's a Venn diagram. Oh, sure. I like to think of it as divination is a little bit more personal than prophecy, although prophecy can be, you know, like in Oedipus Rex can be for a particular person. But look about how many people are affected by that. It's not just him. Yeah, I was about to say. It's a whole kingdom. Yeah. But it is about him and he's the one who starts the ball rolling and then it goes down to Antigone. And anyway, (laughs) If a prophecy says you're going to bone your mom and kill your dad, that prophecy has a little bit longer reach when your dad is the king. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but divination is, and it's not that people don't go looking for prophecy, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well. Mm-hmm. When we're, But we often, as tarot readers, not you, I know, we've talked about this before, are divining Right. Not all tarot readers are, but a lot of us do. And it's we're looking to unearth, to bring things into the light, stop hiding stuff, look at what's hidden. Sure. And sometimes that happens to look into the future. Sure. It's and, it and feels so, like a way of like solving mysteries. Yeah. Yes. Answering exactly. questions. Exactly. Yeah. So I like to think of it as like divining is like buying local and prophecy is worldwide global international market the world you know. wide web yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and and there are lots of different ways to prophesy mm-hmm. or divine what what is your list that you found oh that was my list of like the different oh. types of like seers seers so in in the book of the great queen which is if you're into the morgan and you want to know more about her if you want to know more again yeah <laughs> I'll see myself out. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, that that was good. That was Gross. good. This is the Many Faces of the Morrigan from Ancient Legends. It's by Morpheus Ravenna. There's a whole chapter on oracles and divinations, and I don't want to step on your oracle conversation. But she has in, in, in part of this chapter, it's chapter 14, mm-hmm. all of the different types of divination and one of them and i'm I, is it okay if i just go through them real quick yeah get after it intoxication and trance mm-hmm. and that you might think of i mean this has been going on for a long time and in a lot of different cultures where you uh take certain substances in order to reach the divine sacred cacao ceremonies right? things exactly like that. uh oracle trance speech I like to call it now speaking in tongues, but it's not just, sometimes it's just going into a trance and you speak and you're in your own language. Mm -hmm. So you're not necessarily speaking in tongues. Gazing into the underworld, and there are different ways to do that. Divination by casting liquids over a surface also appears to have been use in some places. And kind of like casting tea leaves uh, uh, that you see the patterns and you look at the patterns. And I know people cast bones. It's written in this typeset that's really hard for me that's to see. That's so tiny. It's not only is it tiny, it's a, it's the beautiful like Gregarian. Oh. And and I'm also dyslexic. That <laughs> kind of typeface may be beautiful, but it is not accessible. It is really hard. So yeah. viscous fluids, thank you. I was just I was like <laughs> vicious fluids sounds like a pop punk band. I and now it is. Okay. And it's ours. Great. We we own that name. We have trademarked that name, Vicious Fluids. TMTM. Uh, divination by casting liquids over a surface. Raven knowledge and animal omens, casting oh. in wood. And I know a lot of people cast runes mm-hmm. in wood. And I'm not going into the details. She details what these are. Living practices, prophecies, possession, and divination. So channeling. I don't know mm-hmm. if channeling is... You should read the book. It's really, really great. That's got to be your decision. Is possession channeling or is it possession? And she talks about the risks and the consequences, rotating oracle, trance practices, personal shadow work, surrender and control. These are all titles of sections that she talks about. Okay. Specificity of aspects, verification, which I love the fact that she talks about that when we're talking about prophesying and supporting priestessing. So it's just a great chapter. And of course, there is divining water. That is something I grew up with in the South. Somebody would go out with a stick and like a dowsing rod. That is exactly what it is. And they would find water. They would find water. 
Yeah. I recently watched an episode of Expedition Unknown, which is a show I am now obsessed with. Destination Unknown? Expedition Expedition Unknown. Unknown. Josh Gates. What a stud. Love him so much. Tiny tangent. I was watching this show with my mom, and I'm watching it, and I'm watching it, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, why do I find this man so endearing? Why do I care so deeply for his safety? (laughs) Uh, Because he does, like, pretty adventurous stuff. Okay. And she said, oh, it's because he looks like Chris who's my brother and I was like oh no and now I'm even more stressed out (laughs) and also love him just a little bit more with his cute little smile and his ginger beard anyway they went treasure hunting okay and this one particular treasure hunter he was with used a dowsing rod the metal kind yeah so it's huge yeah and the history of a prophecy and and we'll keep popping back I've got so much to say about the Morgan hopefully we have time to talk about it But the history of prophets, they use them and then they burn them. It's just, it's amazing to me. Kings used prophets all the time. Mm -hmm. And did you ever see the movie Stardust? No, I have not. And it's on my list. I think you'll love it. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Right? And Charlie Cox. Yeah. And Claire Danes. Oh, what a baby babe. Uh, No, she's a grown up in it. Yeah. Yeah. This came out in the 2010. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the kings use. The prince, one of the princes uses a guy who throws mm-hmm. bones. Oh, right. Right. I was obsessed growing up with Revelations, which was written by the prophet John or John the Elder. He's sometimes referred to in the the last book of the Bible. Really and uh, goes off the rails in Revelations, huh? It, uh, well, you know, he's a prophet. <laughs> sure. He is divining or claims he's divining from God. Right. But uh, if he he was in prison and probably pretty abused back then and pretty whacked out. But that, that doesn't necessarily mean he wasn't sure. actually divining, just like Nostradamus. And he said a lot of things that have come to pass on multiple occasions because of the way we look at our world. And I think mm. that is sometimes the problem that we get into prophecy versus divination i think divination is more specific in my opinion this Mm -hmm. is just my opinion everybody i think it can be more specific and and yes can you i no i don't believe you can make it be anything um sometimes it works for you sometimes it doesn't sometimes it is actually what it is Mm -hmm. when you're talking about divination i think also the way you worded that it sounds like prophecy can sometimes be a skill for recognizing patterns yeah like in humanity yeah. and, and we there have been a lot of into the world and the the yeah. earth has been scorched and the sea has died and there's been a lot of yeah. revelations come true on more than one occasion there's a there's a witches in media episode i want to do that i'm just now telling that for the first time Ooh. which is uh the good omens the oh, witch agnes and utter and her book of prophecy I want to talk about that a lot. Okay. So when I think of when I think of prophecy, mm-hmm. all I think about is Jay and Silent Bob from Dogma. Oh yeah. Oh, that is a great. Film. And I think of Agnes Nutter Witch. Wow. From Good Omens. Okay. Cool. So we'll talk about her. Oh yeah. And Dogma. Mm-hmm. What a si- oh, what a time. What a brilliant film. That was a brilliant film. Also Salma Hayek. <sighs> Alanis Morissette. What a babe. Anyway. Yeah. So. So as far as that, I've been obsessed with prophecy and divination since I was a child, literally since I was a child, because I grew up watching people speak in tongues. And Mm. I spoke in tongues when I was very young. And, you know, what is that? Is that channeling? Is that mass hysteria? Is it just an expression of an overwhelming feeling? Yeah. You know, and you've got all that energy around you when you're in a group of people. And I went to lots of tent revivals. So, of course, I was hearing revelations from the time I was like three or four years old because we had to sit in church. We did not get to go to Sunday school until I was like, like, and we had to be in the main church. We did Sunday school beforehand, and then we had to sit through the regular sermon, and we had to be still, and we had to listen. But anyway, they talked about revelations a lot in the South. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a Baptist church in the South, and fire and brimstone, you name it, it was, it was there, and it was what's called a charismatic church. And so we talked a lot about prophets, and we talked a lot about revelations. Yeah. Break and we have a guest in the studio, River, who has a prophecy of her own. (laughs) There's so many, I mean, witches, 
are huge. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a huge history of witches in, and prophesying. And the thing that I got most jazzed to talk about yeah. today yeah. was the Oracle mm. at Delphi. Yeah. Now, I have had the incredible privilege to go to Delphi. Really? And see the, like, ruins of the room where she would yeah. be taken and go into these ecstasy... Like this ecstasy, and then and then do uh, prophecies, right? Wow. What I didn't know, because I either wasn't paying attention or my memory is just very bad, is that there wasn't just one. Uh, there was a number of them, and they were called the Pythia because that was apparently in in myth that was the name of that place before it was Delphi. Was Pythia? They did this for like two centuries. The like for two hundred years, give or take. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oracle at Delphi was constantly being sought for instructions, predictions, prophecy, mm-hmm. news from God. And you talked about channeling yeah. versus like possession. The prevailing myth about the Oracle of Delphi is that... Also, I can't decide if it's Delphi or Delphi, so I just changed it up and... You can find it both ways when you <laughs> yeah. research it. Yeah. She was getting messages directly from Apollo, Got who it. would possess her... And give her this message. There is a great paper on that in JSTOR, everybody. Check it out. About Apollo and uh, the Oracle at Delphi. Oh, so such good. a great paper. Such good stuff. So this was a super respectable career. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think was the neatest was that women from all walks of life could be the Oracle of Delphi. She mm-hmm. didn't have to be young. She could be young. She could be old. She could be rich. She could be poor. She could be learned. She could be completely illiterate. She could be any. It didn't matter as long as she had the aptitude, which is awesome to me. This woman could own property. She could like vote. I think she could. She like the the Oracle of Delphi was like a big deal. Coveted position. A coveted position. A powerful and trusted position. A pillar of the community. Incredibly valuable woman. Now there was a ritual to it. Right. There was a ritual to it all on days that she would prophesy. She would be praised and lauded at her home. She would eat. She would go be bathed and anointed with oils and whatever. And then she would go to the place where she would prophesy and she would be thrown into these ecstasial movements Mm -hmm. and like whatever the graceful term for like thrashing is like she would be moved so by the spirit of the gods that she would begin to speak prophecy. Got it. Right? Now, there is a lot of scientific evidence that there are underground deposits of ethylene gas in those mountains. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to take you on a little roller coaster. Okay, please. So it got discovered that there was ethylene gas deposits, and then it got debunked. And then scientists were like, well, look at this, though. And they discovered that actually, yes, there there could have been ethylene deposits there. Oh, there could have been, but it's not for sure. They're not for sure, but like, well, they were pretty sure. And then somebody was like, nah, and here's why. And then other scientists came in and were like, but actually this was thousands of years ago. and, Mm -hmm. And if you look at this evidence... This is ethylene gas. Yeah. Um, and there were other deposits of it around the world. People have stories of like their goats finding a hole in the ground and getting high out of their freaking gourds mm. on ethylene gas. Wow. So ethylene gas causes what they would probably have called an ecstasy. Okay. Like hallucinations. Hallucinations. Yeah. Um, probably a loss of inhibition of any kind. Yeah. Like, Here's my question about that. Oh no! Before go ahead. you get there, yeah, I want to say about that, yeah, that even if it's true, even if she had been getting absolutely fucking ripped out of her mind on ethylene gas, that doesn't mean she wasn't receiving. Divine that is messages. what I was gonna ask. So, so because we talk about how we people who go and take ayahuasca in the forest, yeah. That doesn't mean they're not receiving messages. That's why they do it. Yeah. People who do sacred cacao ceremonies, they do it to remove the barriers. Lose those inhibitions. Between them and deity. Yeah. So I just want to say that even if she was getting absolutely schnackered on ethylene gas, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean anything. It just means that that condition could have made it possible for her 
to use her already inherent gift, the reason for which she was chosen to be the Oracle, that substance could have just made it more powerful for her to do that. Now, I want to also clarify, I am not condoning the use (laughs) of hallucinogens or other mind-altering substances. I think that that is your business. I think I've done mushrooms exactly once and the conditions were very, very safe. Make good choices, everyone. So like make good choices, make safe choices for your body and for your mind. But the fact that perhaps ethylene gas was involved does not diminish the power I don't think of this so person. Either. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say that. And that's exactly what I was going to ask is how you felt about that. So that's really... Well, now you know. We're on the same page on that. Yeah. But um, I just, I love this woman i love this woman because this woman lived and died revered and and by woman you mean lots of different women right each woman yeah absolutely so like this this person was given the like respect and and power and and resources that i think that she deserved (laughs) i love that you said resources because when I think about this for witches, mm-hmm. which is, you know, what we are, a witch podcast. What? <laughs> I know. Shocking. Shocking. Divination, I think, becomes a much easier element to talk about when we talk about witches. Prophecy is a little bit different when we talk about witches, where it fits in. Except it's not because it's from deity. And if you're doing deity work, you may be receiving that information. Whatever deity is, which we've also talked about yeah. on the podcast before, we're, we're not necessarily defining deity. But where it fits in witchcraft, it sounds like, Corey, because of the conversations we've had before, this is not something you would be really interested in. Well, here's here's what I'll say. Okay, I've mentioned before the path working that I do. Mm -hmm. Right. If prophecy were to come to me in those moments, I would not shut it down. Right. But it's not a thing that I actively search for. Yeah, and see, I think a lot of people, a lot. I think a lot of witches do. I don't know, witches out there, how many of you actively see, well, I. how many of you actively use tarot, bone throwing, rune throwing to divine or just to... Answer questions, solve problems. Answer questions, yeah. Which is what I use it for. Yeah. I would um, love to hear that. Oh, and by the way, before we move on from the Oracle, which we've already gotten a little bit away from, I just want to mention Elliot Oracle. His story about Delphi is absolutely okay. fascinating. He's written a book. He's on Instagram. He's not my spark, but I'll go ahead and, and put, he has, I think, been a spark before. I will say about Prophecy 2 is I, you might have noticed I very entirely skirted any kind of like christian prophecy i left that for you uh because i have a hard time talking about that and i just have Mm. like a strained relationship with that whole realm of stuff so the word prophet to me is like it's got it's really christianized for you connotations to it that i don't enjoy oracle is a little more easily accessible for me got it I, I I have some really great friends who are Christians who love me for me and sure. do not judge me. I have a couple of those. Yeah. And we know a couple of Christian witches, mm-hmm. which is also just absolutely wonderful. And I would be curious to see what they feel about the prophets throughout the Bible if they know the Bible is, which most of them probably do. But here's what I think of the problem with prophecy is. <laughs> Let's go back to Greek tragedy for a moment. <laughs> Is I I don't necessarily if you listen to our last episode on justice yeah. and being able and the wheel of fortune, fortune that both of those cards uh, deal with karma and karma is not fate or destiny prophecy like supposedly when you get that that is what's going to happen it is done it is written in the stars yeah. it's in the akashic record you cannot avoid it and I don't know that I subscribe to that line of thinking. Sure. I feel like, then what's the point of prophecy? Team free will, baby. Yeah. I mean, so if you if you are a prophet and you are being divine that information, what is the purpose that the deity is div- is giving you that information? When Isn't you put it to it, change or to... When you put it that way. Yeah. Here's a, here's a prophecy that I know of okay. from the Bible. Yeah. Right? Noah got told there's going to be a flood. Yeah. Okay. And he was able to prepare for it. So that was a prophecy. And I believe that he was given that vision 
in order to help people prepare. So like it was going to happen no matter what. Mm -hmm. But the prophecy is given to you so that you have the means to prepare for that eventuality. Yes. So So I think that's maybe the purpose of prophecy. For some for some prophecies that that works like for Oedipus definitely did not. He could have not boned his mom or killed his dad. That'd been great. But he didn't know they exactly. were. Exactly. I think that's where that comes into play for mm-hmm. me. And sure. and I do I was also obsessed with Nostradamus. I know everybody's really shocked. And I'm still a, a believer. You know, I'm a believer in prophecy. I just, I feel like we are given the messages. I, I guess I think it's both. I okay. guess sometimes it's Noah and other times it's, no, I can change this. Oedipus. <laughs> Oedipus is such a bad example. Oh, such a bad example. Uh, but he tried to avoid it. And so that's a story about fate, like, no matter what yeah. you did. So what good does that do if it's your fate to yeah. do that? Uh, I don't believe I don't in fate. Yeah. Like in in solid, like this is what's going to happen to you. Yeah, so what, no matter either. what you do, it's futile. I don't either. And, but that's just me because yeah. that makes me feel hopeless <laughs> and helpless and powerless. Yeah. Um, and but, there's enough of that shit going around yeah. right now. But I think that there's also a certain, a certain, there's a certain sort of danger in being a prophet. Like, let's talk about maybe the Oracle of Delphi or the aid to the king or whatever. What if you prophesy that the war is going to go real bad. Yeah. Then, Which the Morgan did a couple of times. Yeah, but like yeah. she's a goddess, so they can't really do anything yeah. about her. But like if you're the guy that works for the king, yeah, you can be off with your head. Off with your head, yeah. my guy. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think that is uh problematic and I think that's why we have a lot of people who were either lied <laughs> if they were really tuned in or mm-hmm. were killed. Yeah. And then and then it's this weird thing that goes all the way through and I'm not picking on Christianity. This happens in a lot of different religions, not just Christianity, where there's this real disconnect or cognitive dissonance mm. of my divining my talking to God, to my God, whoever your God is, is right. But you are, one, insane if you do it. And two, it's not real because your God's not real, mine is. Mm. And I I, th- I think prophecy and divination can pop into, has historically popped into that realm over and over again, which is what got witches that we now call them witches burned Mm -hmm. and they became that anyway we retrofitted that and now we call it witchcraft and now it's that's our our modern contextualization of a lot of these things that happened way back in bc (laughs) before christ Mm -hmm. and isn't that odd that is super odd that we still like use bc ad yeah for our separation in um yeah anyway oh what is the nation where they use the buddha's death oh so wow. it's like the year 25 uh, 2500 right now wow that's amazing yeah i will just real quickly go back to the morgan okay and in morgan daimler's book she attributes the prophecies to sister bob bod sister bod she even admits in the chapter where she talks about it that it's it's controversial. It's not really nobody can really say for sure. And if you go back to the ba- cow battle, then you can find different translations that say that it's the sister or that it's the Morgan. There are some beautiful that I wish we had time. I would just read you the prophecies. And there's some beautiful translations of her words. And you can find them online. And I'm going to leave a couple of them. I found one. I was so very upset. Morgan Daimler does a great translation of one of the po- um, one of the prophecies. And it's the prophecy of peace, I believe. I typed in when I was doing other search to look for different translations and someone said that here's a great translation and then they didn't cite her and it said author unknown and it was like no it's not author unknown you know so I'm not going to give you that one because there was so much great information on this website and all I could think of after seeing was that you've stolen all of this and just put it up and not crediting and then didn't credit like 
anybody. Yikes. And I was just like, no, not a good site. But then there are a couple of other sites that have different translations. And Morpheus Ravenna's translations, Mm -hmm. she puts in her own translations and also the translations of Carmody. And then she also puts in the original. So if you read Old Irish, you can read it in Old Irish. And there are a couple of chapters on that called In Her Words, The Poems, The Prophecies. It's a really great book and a great book about prophecy. And she she dives into prophecy and what prophecy is and how it appeals. And I'll also go back to Ursula Shipton, who, if those prophecies did exist, she talked about this the one that's about water Mm. before pipes existed oh so the city was like that could never happen what she describes and sure enough once they put in a pipe system the pipes burst and that's absolutely what happened hilarious so how can we apply this knowledge this research that we just downloaded to everybody how can we apply this to our current craft or how do you or do you see yourself applying it to your craft um I think it's gonna make me a little bit more aware when I'm shadow working not shadow working excuse me path working uh-huh. made me a little bit more aware of what information is prophetic I'm gonna tra- probably be a little bit more closely following my dreams because I do occasionally have premon- premonitions in my dreams mm-hmm. I recently had one of those they're so weird and disorienting. Uh, yeah. They're just weird and disorienting. And sometimes I have them when I'm awake, which sucks a lot. Like, it's great and everything, but it also sucks a lot. So I think probably I'll just be keeping an eye on, just an eye on what I already am doing. I don't know that I'll seek it out specifically, but I think it, it's added a level of awareness that's really good. What about you? One of the reasons I'll say that I, I was the one who asked if we could do this one. And one of the reasons that I asked is because... I think a lot more people are starting to tap into this. I mean, just like even listening to you, even people who aren't inclined to seek it out, it is starting to happen Mm. too, because I think there is, I hate to call it the veil. I think borders are being dropped. I think that might be a way to say it. And with all the scientific knowledge that we're learning about string theory and possible parallel dimensions and you know, time, what we're learning about time, especially in this pandemic, I feel like it's a really important discussion to keep having to talk about how it's affecting us. What do we want to do with it? Do we want to do anything with it? How does it serve us or how do we serve others with it? Mm -hmm. And so those are the kind of questions. That last question is very important. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. How do we help others with it? Mm -hmm. How do we serve others? So those are the questions. This is why it's been really, really on my mind. And like, I, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I've had dreams and I've also had waking stuff. And I and here's the thing, too, Car, it's so wild that you said that I I've had more waking stuff the last year than I've had my entire life. Hmm. Like I get the vision, write it down. And sure enough. And sometimes it's stupid stuff. Like, you know, I had this dream about my friend who was moving to Thailand and I saw a specific car and stuff like that. I think I might have already talked about this on the podcast. It was really cool, though. Yeah. And and it was like, yep. And that all happened. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Isn't it wild, too, when it's something that you're like, what possible help could this have been? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just, for me, it was like, okay, what if I take a more active role in seeking? Because I do like to do that. Do you know what I would say to that point for our listeners is maybe you don't directly go try to prophesy, right? But what I would say that this might be an invitation for you to do is to work on your intuition practice. Mm -hmm. Start strengthening that intuition. Like really actively listening to your gut and we've had it we did a couple episodes on some and provided some exercise i wish i don't remember what episodes we'll find those were we'll try to find it but yeah where we did a couple exercises to hone your intuition and how to train your intuition yeah and because my intuition has this is not a flex i'm not trying to brag but it has (laughs) literally never been wrong what has been wrong is my response to it like if i ignored it right so Oh, and that's so I'm so glad you said that. That is such a powerful statement. And mine is like, you know, the front of your ribs mm-hmm. where they kind of go up mm-hmm. to your sternum. That's right. where my gut lives. That's yeah. where my intuition lives. And it feels like a physical thing. 
there. And it has literally never once been wrong. Wow. But my reaction or response to it has. So. And that doesn't mean you don't have choice. Yeah. Just yeah. FYI. Yeah. 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 But, but it's yeah. it, listen. Listen to it because it is telling you something. And then you get to choose how to respond. Yeah. And sometimes we don't realize what our correct thing is until later. Sometimes we don't. Yeah, Hi- hindsight. hindsight is twenty twenty. At sometimes twenty twenty sucked. Yeah, uh. <laughs> but I think incorporating herbs and lucid dreaming stuff in ritual. If you're a ritual, mm-hmm. if you do this sabbats and sabbats, and you set aside a certain part of your ritual for connecting with whether you believe whether you do deity work or not a higher consciousness the universe whatever you want to call it or just you know inside yourself to open yourself up to you know putting those feelers out again if it's not something that scares you and if it's something that interests you yeah. obviously you don't have to do this. yeah no way, way I, not. I do think that working on strengthening your intuition is valuable no matter yeah. what you're doing but like you don't have to yeah. divine but i want to encourage people who are interested in divine yeah, 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 to go for, sure. for it uh, for sure. to, don't be too don't be scared don't be scared i think we need i am of the belief that it would be awesome to have many oracle of delphi women and men and non-binary all over the world as a network working together to help the world i i I have a vision of that of and I just want to put that idea and plant that seed and put that out there. I'm Ethylene sh- gas is dangerous though. <laughs> yes, I'm not encouraging inviting. Ethylene gas. <laughs> River has a lot to say about that. River's prophesying. Yes. Do you think that's a sign? It might be. That we should head to send out some sparks? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. What's your spark today? My spark is the purple current. Current like the berry or current like the sea? It's the purple current as in the river. Okay. It's a radio station that came about in 2016 when Prince died. Oh. And it is uh, once or twice a year now, actually, they play just Prince, but they play a lot of Prince. They also play a lot of other artists, a lot of other R&B artists in artists that were inspired by Prince. The music is absolutely beautiful and eclectic. And I I was really thinking about Prince a lot during the prophecy research, because even though he, he went to a different belief system by the end of his life that I don't agree with, early on from his very first record, he talked about the future and how to live your life and the afterlife. All I can think about is party like it's 1999. Yeah, it, it, he he just had a vision of the future from the moment he started laying down music, even before he started releasing it. And, and I just find him inspirational in my magic. Again, even though he would probably be like, girl, you're going to hell, sure. <laughs> you know, in his later days. But in his early days... It was all-encompassing. I mean, I felt it was all-encompassing. I did not feel like it was just the Christian God, even Mm -hmm. though it might have been for him. Sure. He wrote in a way. That included others. Yeah, he really did. Sure. And and this station, although really, really honors him, I think it's a beautiful way to get to know all music, Mm -hmm. but specifically lifts up black artists. And it absolutely is inclusive of all different races, genders, and non-binary, all of that. But it's really heavily lifting up black voices. And I've learned so much about the struggles and the joy. Mm -hmm. Joy is so important Mm -hmm. from listening to this station, which you can stream online. Okay. And I, yeah, and I just absolutely love them. And I donate every year because I want them to stay. Keep those lights on. And so they've been in existence since 2016 and they're still going strong. So check them out. I'll have to listen. Yeah. How about you? My spark this week is she doesn't need me to give her any kind of (laughs) publicity. I have a couple people like that. Yeah. She's like... (laughs) But uh, if you like food shows and you like YouTube, you've probably heard of Sola El Whaley. No. But I want to shout out Sola El Whaley. She is incredible. She is amazing. 
the show in particular that I thought of while doing research for this podcast episode was Ancient Foods with Sola. Okay. Where she tries to make the earliest known version of foods we have today. Mm. And it's so fun. It's so fun. But she also does off script with Sola. Or sometimes she does videos with her husband, Ham, who is also a chef. And they have to like use a mystery ingredient to make a three course meal in a certain amount of time. It's really fun. She's also part of the Babish culinary universe. So if you watch Binging Binging with Babish, she's on his show from time to time. Uh, It was called Stump Sola she did, which was like really fun. And she's just, she's brilliant. She was on, she was in... She was a part of the test kitchen. So there's like Claire Saffitz and all those folks in the test kitchen. But Sola went off and started doing her own content, which I like love for her. I like the ancient. Ancient foods is good. So at first I was like, ancient foods, they already did a show like this and it's called Eating History and it was with Hannah Hart and I loved that show. But this is a different, it's a little different angle. And it's so it's fun and I like them both. You can like them both. It's fine. I think my version of baking of shows baking is a great british bake-off sure. and you're introducing me to so many oh, other I cooking things so many cooking shows sorted food which is sorted like s-o-r-t-e-d binging with babish about to eat the entire network about to eat has like so many shows that i love um uh, worth it yeah wow yeah but so well, Whaley, please look her up because she is, I truly believe in my heart that she is all of us. I love her so oh, much. Wow. She's awkward and funny and cute and talented and amazing. And I just love her. And her awesome. and her husband and their dogs. I just, big love. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, this has been like a wild ride. And yeah. thank you all for joining us on it. Um. I think it's time for us to go eat. Oh, it totally is. So until next time, be well. Harm none. And don't forget, you are magic. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to our podcast. If you would be so kind, we would love it if you would head to Apple Podcast or to Spotify to rate us. And on Apple Podcast, you can also review us, leave us your handle, and we'll give you a shout out. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us at Bonfire Babble Podcast on Instagram bonfire babble podcast at gmail.com bonfire babble podcast on facebook and bonfire babble podcast on tiktok we would also like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of seattle the duwamish people past and present and honor with gratitude the land itself and the duwamish tribe we encourage you to participate in real rent in your area If you live in Seattle, you can do that by going to the DuwamishTribe.org, and we encourage you to find your local tribe and do the same.